I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Mike, the director of A3C Festival and Conference in Atlanta. I'm hanging out here at Rebel Radio. Tune in, check it out. Fuck Josh, man. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. Hey, what's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. With me today in the studio is my man, Mike Walbert, director of the A3C Festival out of Atlanta. A3C, if you're not familiar, is an important part of hip-hop culture. It's a conference plus music festival. It's business and lifestyle. It's a big event for the market of Atlanta and for hip-hop overall. It's been called Hip-Hop's Family Reunion and it's sort of patterned after South by Southwest as far as being both business and lifestyle. Mike's going to tell us about his journey as an entrepreneur getting into that business, He's got some great lessons about the tools they use to keep their marketing tight. As you can imagine, pulling off an event of that magnitude requires uh, a really big team effort, a lot of coordination, and so having all that really organized is important for them. And he's gonna tell us how he's learned to do his homework before jumping into a new business, some lessons uh, they learned the hard way. Good stuff coming up from Mike Walbert right after our EDM.com track of the week. She always loving the crew She say she down for the team Well, what makes a difference in you? Cause I'm surrounded by like a-holes You know how the play goes If I'm in your city, best believe I'm getting paid so I just want you to tell me it's real I'm getting paid so Baby, come over, I wanna feel I'm getting paid so Keep it a secret, you know 
know the jail. I just want you to tell me it's real. I don't want you acting like you know me. I'm a star. Ain't got time for fronting, baby girl. That shit won't take you far. I've been way up. Yo, that was our EDM.com track of the week. That was H&D with a track called Peso. I hope you dig it. If you did, check out SoundCloud.com slash hip dash hop for more just like that. And right now, let's hear our interview with Mike Wahlberg. Oh, cool. Well, I, I mean, I appreciate you, you coming to do cool. this. Um, you know, I've been a fan of A3C from afar. I've never been. Yeah. But I always hear great things about it. You know, appreciate that, man. Yeah. And I've heard it called Hip Hop's Family Reunion. Yeah. I kind of get that there's a real yeah. community to it. So I want to dig sure. into what that is and and, uh, and how you, you got to all this. So, cool, man. So I always like to start at the beginning. And so for a guy that now works in the music business, yeah. Um, how did you first, were you always into music? I know you said it wasn't your first career, but were you always into it as a fan? Yeah, for sure. Like, growing up in Atlanta, like, you're kind of a part of this, like, uh, this movement at the time, right? I mean, yeah. like, you see the artists that you like kind of go from, like, local heroes, like, on the radio and then, like, global stars, which yeah. was cool. Yeah. Um, and that first kind of falling in love was definitely with Outkast. Like, that was regionally when i fell in love because before that like yeah like i was listening to music from new york and la yeah but when and then some you know booty booty shake bass music was like atlanta like that was sure. what i was into and then yeah. like uh so what what what's the what's the first song that you remember like this is my music man i um it was probably 69 boys like okay <laughs> like of like the of like the booty sh of like the bass era, yeah. Like that was like sixth grade for me, uh -huh. and I'd gone from listening to like, you know, like Offspring or mm -hmm. like you know like rock music and yeah. whatever I could get my hands on as a kid. Like this is before streaming music. This is before, right. it's like sure. So I have two older brothers and radio. Like that's yeah. my that's my musical influence, and uh, and then, you know, obviously like MC Hammer. You know, just like uh -huh. the stuff that you can hear. Like kind of like oh this is this is dope. But then like right when like. Uh, like we had like Friday night skate skating, so we'd go to the skating rink, and then whatever yeah. the DJ was playing was kind of what you get into. Right. And it really got into like that kind of like bass all star music where mm -hmm. it was just like real crunk. And then really quickly after that, I was like Outcast dropped like, um, uh, like skewing the bar, like just you know yeah. these type of songs. Like yeah. that was like just hit after hit after hit, and then it became the anthem. You just put their album on and, and just ride. It's funny. So, like, you know, I was, I was like, you know, I grew up with hip hop and, and, uh, and I remember hearing Southern Playlistic yeah. the first time and just like, I mean, like realizing that we were on the brink of something different. Like I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't say I knew how it was gonna unfold yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But just hearing that song, especially that was just like, this is so different. 
yeah. to what else is happening right now, and it's so good. Yeah, I guess I didn't have like I, again. I was so young, like yeah. I, I didn't really have this kind of global perspective. Um, but definitely, like even looking back and like kind of looking at the history, like just how Atlanta like kind of infused all this like funk, soul, jazz, and, mm-hmm. and turned it into like this new kind of brand of hip hop, like. That's I think like, and, and and honestly like I I say like we kind of everyone has followed in that footsteps I think since then like I yeah. really think that like without those guys I don't think that we have Atlanta the way it is even with the Brad and crisscross and what social Def was sure. doing like I don't think that it would have kind of the meter would have kept going yeah I think it would have been like kind of like a blip yeah because those you know those guys they they created a sound and. Uh, you know, like the Brad and Crisscross, like those were, those those didn't really have a place to them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and and but Outkast did for sure. And and I think yeah, I mean, what I find interesting is that Atlanta, how it's, you know, how long that's sustained and how it's grown, and now you know, now Atlanta's like yeah. this epicenter. Yeah. Again, or, or still. And I think there's probably like so many factors involved like i i count like i think about it a lot and i think there's so much perfect storm that happened like there was this mass transit back to the south Mm -hmm. from like you know from really from all over but even just little things like the olympics uh delta airport like all these things like i look at all these little factors that i think played a role even katrina like Mm. brought in a ton of new talent Mm -hmm. like all these things Mm -hmm. that kind of like kind of help help keep stirring and like I think bring in new flavors, new energy to the music. But then also like the the li- you know the living like we got green spaces, we got right. like yeah. soul food, like yeah. you know like it's all these things I think add to the music and um and let people kind of be creative and like you know make make funky music. Man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, but you didn't get into the music business. You, you well, yeah. So my, I mean, I've always been like uh, interested in just business, like okay. and being like and being creative in the on the business side. So, uh, I actually was a radio DJ in college at oh, USC okay. out in LA, and like, nice. I'm not even gonna say that was my first foreign in music because that was just fun. Like, yeah. I was just kind of kicking it. I wasn't. I didn't take it very seriously. Um, what kind of stuff you were playing? Hip hop show? Yeah, like an hour hip hop show. I was like. Were you DJing before you got to college? No. And again, no. And like, I wasn't like cutting yeah, yeah, records, yeah. right? Yeah. Just Program. playing records. Like, right. just like, literally, like, me and my friends would just come in and like play records, like, uh, for like KSCR, uh-huh. right? So, super fun. I was like, what, probably like a 3 a.m. slot, right? Like, but did people, did people notice you? Like, yeah. No, I mean, like, we, so I got it, I got the show because my, my, a good buddy of mine who still lives out here had a show. Mm-hmm. So I was like co-DJing with him, and then he was like, became the programmer, and was like, "Hey, you can have your own show if you want." So we kind of had like back-to-back slots. So I would just we would just kick it for like a whole night. Right. So he'd start playing at like ten, and we'd probably get out of there around like you know one a.m., like two a.m., mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but uh, but it actually yeah, it got me into like being more of like deeper dive into hip hop and like looking for records and yeah like. We do interviews on shows. We get hit up, you know, artists and like. Right. I remember like just hitting up, uh, you know, trying to reach out to artists, looking at the back of CDs and finding the info and like. Sure. 
and then being like, yo, we'd love to, and you're like a college radio, and so yeah. artists. On, in a you big know, market. Yeah, in a big market, a USC, in LA, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, for sure, like, we'll definitely, you know, we'll call us this time, that, that works, so. Yeah. Um, we had fun, like, kind of seeing who we can get on the radio and stuff. That's huge. I know for me, you know, I started out at the college paper as yeah. a critic. Yeah. And uh, at, at UCLA, and, and you know, I, like, I didn't really, it didn't really occur to me that anybody would read my stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. then, like, I'd run into people on campus that were like, yo, I've read that thing yeah. you wrote. And, or really what they said was, I remember someone saying, like, I saw you in the paper, and, like, you looked mad. <laughs> kind of like a black hoodie, and yeah. I was like, I, I just always look mad. That's, <laughs> That's my resting face. Yeah, kind of. And yeah. so, uh, but... <clears throat> But it, for me, it was this moment of like, oh, there's actually somebody on the other side of this. Yeah. That's That was really interesting. Yeah. I guess I did, I, you know, and even at that point, I, I, I wasn't even, because yes, we had some listeners and, and yeah, we knew that we were kind of reaching a larger outside of USC too, mm-hmm. although we were kind of targeting kids. So um, for me, that was just fun and I, I didn't get into it. So I, entrepreneurship was my major and I came back to Atlanta and was just like, uh, I started a couple small businesses, so like my friends kind of knew me as like, we got an idea, let's hit up Mike. What was your first business? Hot sauce. Nuh-uh. Hotland and hot sauce. Like you created a hot sauce brand? Yeah. So I, when I came back, I was a brand director of a snack foods company, and after like nine months, I left. So I literally had lunch and over lunch, like decided to start a business with my buddy, and it was hot sauce. We were just like, why is there not an Atlanta hot sauce? Like there's Texas Pete, there's. Yeah. New Orleans, Louisiana hot sauce, like sure. Georgia has definitive like products like peaches and, yeah. and Vidalia onions. Like, let's use that to start a hot sauce. Um, and 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 really quickly like got like you know 50 accounts in Atlanta because everyone's like, oh dope. Like I'm sure. You like no one this is awesome. Like yeah. Hotland Hot Sauce, like that brand at the time, like it was kind of a no-brainer. It's a good brand. Yeah. And yeah. uh how'd it go? Uh, it went well. Like, you know, I, I learned like lessons on like partnership and starting a relationship with your friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I know. What did you specifically, what did you learn that like, it's a marriage that man. you carried with you into the next thing? Uh, so I think just being in line with, with your, with your partners, like having the same goal and mission, I think really quickly we, we butted heads in the, in the sense that he wanted to launch like three or four new lines, mm-hmm. like really quickly. And I wanted to kind of develop this core product. And I was like, listen, we ha- we are not in grocery stores yet. We don't have like a distribution chain. Like, yeah. and he was really, he wanted to kind of grow and expand all these, all these new products. And I was like, we're just not ready. And honestly, we couldn't get over that hurdle. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. cause I was like, let's focus on this. Yeah. And he wanted to focus on that. And we had a third partner who was our chef, but also it, it became kind of toxic. Right. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think that's really hard. We hear that. Yeah. We hear that story over and over. Just, you know, how you align yeah. multiple people's values and ideas and yes. energy is really, really tough. And I think finding, like, and again, like, this is the type of stuff where it's frustrating because you can hear it a hundred times, but until you make the mistake, like, you're like, oh, that's what everyone has been telling me. Right. And it's also, yeah. like, find partners that, uh, one, work, uh, match your work ethic. Mm-hmm. So if someone doesn't work as hard as you are, it's going to frustrate the hell out of you. For sure. Um, and then two, find someone that, that fulfills your, like know your strengths and weaknesses and find someone that compliments you well. If you're both really creative, but people, you know, no one's 
doing the books or no one's like mm-hmm. focused on X, Y, and Z, yeah. then it's not going to work. You guys are both creatives. You need to work with someone else. Yeah, I passed up once on a partnership because I felt, because the guy was like, I was like, you're too much like me. Yeah. <laughs> like we're both good and bad at the yeah. same thing. So we yeah. cancel each other out. And I honestly, that force, like a lot of people don't do that, right? Yeah. Most people are like, oh, I, we, we, right, right. we, we, we vibe so much. Eye, yeah, yeah, we yeah, see eye to eye. This is going to be awesome. And right. then they're like, oh, wow, this, I'm, I just started a business like, with myself. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then I got in a couple other random things. And then two of my buddies, not, not long after, I was still doing hot sauce at the time, actually. And uh, so did you sell that business? Or yes. Yeah. Back to him. And oh, then okay, I'm a so silent partner now. So nice. it, it was kind of like we left on good terms. It was yeah. just like, hey, man, like this isn't, you know, why don't you go ahead and do that? Yeah. So. Um, and how, how is. How's Hotlanta? It's just How's kind of still? stabilized, yeah. yeah. Like it, you know, he does other things full time, and and it's it's basically just like uh, has the same accounts, doesn't grow, doesn't die, and just no one's really kind of trying to grow it. So it right. is what it is. Yeah. Um, and a shame because I think it's something that you know, if the right person behind it, definitely. Mm-hmm. And actually, we even had some people interested in like trying to do some stuff with it. And my advice to them was, you know, don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let it let it be. Yeah. Um, but uh so yeah two buddies that were in music producers basically came out to me and friends of mine from high school good friends mm-hmm. and uh basically said we want to start a music production company would you help us out and it, and i it went from like 10 percent of my time so i'd spend like one day a week on it and then like two months later three months later i ended up doing you know like i spend two three days a week on it and then like i was like after a while i was like oh wow i'm really like this is what I'm doing. Yeah. It was kind of like not even like a planned yeah. kind of process. It was just like I'm spending a lot of my time doing this. Um, and that's also, like does like signing artists and, and all yeah, that. Yeah. So we started like really quickly. Was like, um, yeah. So we grew into like managing artists, doing consulting work for other up and coming artists, mm-hmm. like brand development, events. Like okay. that was like that was it, man. I, I just really fell in love really quickly with like the Atlanta scene. Um, and uh, we were doing like monthly events. We were doing um, releasing mixtapes. Like we released like six to eight projects a year. Like nice um, with different artists, solo projects, compilations. We were producing for other albums. So it was busy, man. But really quickly, I think, um, like we got to a place like almost like grew rapidly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and had a really good name. And then I was like, okay, not. Like, now I feel like, what now what do I do? Yeah, yeah. Like, in music, right? When yeah. you, like, ha- reach this kind of level of independence, and then I start being like, okay, what what is, like, what is the next step in music, right? Like, that was tough, figuring out, like, what do we do next? Um, and then... So what did you do? So I, I, I had met um, A3C, mm-hmm. the director of A3C, through uh, my partner at SMK. And uh, and that kind of launched my excitement in, into into this bigger conference and event space and i and i've told the story before but i we took a through smk was doing a showcase at south by southwest mm-hmm. and we, we were just showcasing artists from atlanta it was we put the a in austin i did it with a good friend of mine fadia cater at the time and we had two 15 passenger vans did the whole thing like u-haul behind yeah. it and we're just amped we're like yo we're gonna put on for the city and I remember just being like, after the show, like, and it was even like an artist came up to me. I was like, now what do I do? And I remember just thinking like, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> like, 
We just drove 16 hours across country to Austin, Texas to for a hip-hop showcase. Yeah. And look around and, like, it's college kids, it's techies, it's film folks. And what it's year like, is that? 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was, I mean, hip-hop's a much bigger piece now. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh. I remember I was at South by 2005. Yeah. And uh, we were doing some stuff there with Cyan. I forget what what we had. Yeah. But some big, you know, some big parties. Yeah. And then my buddy, who's a and guy, was in town just for something else. Like, I remember he calls me, and I'm at a show watching, like, three white guys in suits <laughs> play guitars, like in the black suits with the skinnies <laughs> on. And, and I had no interest in whatever that was. And he calls me. He's like, "Let's go see Slim Thug." And I was like, "Yes." Be there. So we drive like a half hour. <laughs> oh shit! So far from you know, like the, it was this thing that had no idea that South by Southwest was going on. And we get there, and me and him are the only white guys. And there's like a thousand people, <laughs> and there's like. We pull up and there's like five fights happening in the parking oh, lot. Geez. I was like, "This is my shit. Like, <laughs> I would much rather be here." <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no. <laughs> no, I, but yeah, but yeah, you know. I know. Yeah. yeah, I could, I could do without the fights. <laughs> yeah, of course. I've been in too many shows with fights, but uh, that's funny, man. Like, so I think even like ninety percent of the shows at South by Southwest that are hip hop now are not official. Right. <laughs> hip hop is just like sure. this, we're taking this thing over. Um, but it was the drive back after that I was just like I drove back from that and I was just like what the like why isn't there something like this for hip hop and like it was just like oh we live in Atlanta like oh I know artists and like we can do this and like three months later I met uh, Brian Knott who's the founder of A3C and just that started man that was the, that was the spark it was just like a combination of you know a series yeah. of events it just felt like Oh, he's got this showcase event that has been around for a while. It was still like three days, like 60 artists over three days. So it was really like a showcase um, for some like regional talent, um, but it had like a good reputation in the kind of in the backpack scene and mm -hmm. like in, in old school heads. And, uh, and I was just like, man, like let's 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 start building this. Like let's start bringing in the talent, like making this like the you know the South by for hip hop. So that yeah. was like that was like the. A sequence of events that kind of led to to even now really um and man we, we figure out so much every year but that was that was the birth yeah how many years is it now so the so he started it in 2005 i got involved in 2009 so okay. this will be the 13th year that the a3c's been around that's amazing but every, and so 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 yeah. it's a i mean it's interesting you call it the south by for hip-hop because i hadn't really thought of it that way but yeah. it makes sense right so it's festival conference and shows and events yeah. and pop-ups and artist lounges and and that's the thing i think you know in the end of the day i think why south by southwest wins and, and what i think like the kind of bare bones of it is like okay during the day you're gonna get some work done you're gonna network you're gonna build and, and create but then you're gonna have a party like 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 then you're gonna go out and drink or see yeah. some great artists like that's that's essentially kind of what we're trying to do, right? Like we want people to come in town, network and learn and create content. And the conference starts Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
and then the, the festival grounds is Saturday and Sunday, so it's kind of like the parties during the week. But we have, I think we had like seventy five shows over wow. five days. Nice. Like we're 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 hovering around every year around a, th a thousand artists. So. So how how um, how difficult is that? I mean, we were talking earlier about just uh, the nature of hip hop and yeah. disorganization. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know like law enforcement and uh yeah and permits and insurance and all that stuff like you know it's easier to get a, hit, a rock show insured than a hip-hop show like yeah they're both especially tough, in but the yeah. south i'm sure <laughs> yeah so it's um one like knock on wood we've had 13 years of a safe event like yeah. we you know we we keep all of that stuff really seriously because again if, if we're not throwing a, a a safe event if we're not throwing like uh, an event that's produced well then we're not gonna be around very long so even though we make mistakes every year we're not afraid to say like we try to learn from those mm -hmm. so um, as we grew kind of rapidly between 2011 2013 and then 14 like we learned a lot like our first outdoor event was in 2013 mm -hmm. like permitting city police officers and like lost money you know like lost a bunch of money on that and yeah. learned a lot from that yeah and i was like oh like there's so many costs that we didn't even like porta potties and fences and permitting and health sure. and yep. all these things were like oh wow like 24 hour security for stage and generator you know like yeah. all these things yeah, were like oh yeah, wow yeah. like didn't didn't think of all that <laughs> so like dude like we're you know we don't we didn't have the background in that so yeah. we have five years of just like learning on the fly right like well 13 years but really like in the last five or six years like every year i'm just trying to learn as much as i can about what we're doing that's trying to go to more events and learn from them too but so is there a point i mean i love that spirit of just like yeah <laughs> do, you know i always say like if i knew how hard it was going to be to to <laughs> do what i've accomplished i probably wouldn't have tried <laughs> right you know right and so i love that spirit of like let's just do it and we'll figure it out but yeah you know how it, was that like deliberate i mean obviously you're not like oh let's just not think about what it's gonna <laughs> no of course but but the willingness like wh what am i what's my question what is it inside you that makes taking that type of leap okay um i think it goes back to my like what i even went to school for which is entrepreneurship like i didn't really i don't really know if i have another path like i don't see myself working for it you know like corporation or not this so like i love the not necessarily the risk of it but i love the creativity of it mm -hmm. i love trying to create experiences for people that are meaningful um and i love what the brand stands for man i just i really feel strongly about what we do and it's and its impact on the on the culture and the community like um every year i think like the non-tangibles are just by far better than anything else like the phone calls i get the emails we get um and then I, and now more and more trying to do more of that follow-up afterwards just like calling people and how to sure. go and yeah. learn as much and like you know we're like people are really like getting a lot of value like people are meeting people people mm -hmm. are connecting people are having these experiences not things that we even program like yo i went here and then i went to the studio and i saw this guy and like it's just the things that happen when you put all this stuff together yeah. that aren't even on the bill, that aren't even on the schedule, that just happen. Um, I think that's kind of the magic that we've kind of created is like when you bring all these creatives together, you bring all these like passionate people and like um, 
people that all believe in like this culture that I think we're a part of. Like, yeah. um, really magical stuff happens that way when you do that. So part of what I love about that, you know, first of all, I think for music, but especially hip hop, you know, the events, events are, are the, the heart of the culture. And, you know, we... It's rubber yeah. meets the road, man. Yeah. yeah, and it got, you know, I mean, if we, if we really think about hip hop culture, right, like that's where, that's the roots was, you know, whether it was the park jams in the Bronx yeah. or, you know, the downtown shows right like you know hip-hop house parties man yeah yeah right or, or the house parties you know like but even hip-hop you know in historical terms hip-hop culture was around for about you know six or eight years before anyone ever made a record right mm -hmm. and before that it was just all events mm -hmm. so so i really think there's something special about yeah. that and i also think you know then like it's also the area of music that hasn't done well with concerts and touring and festivals and all that shit like yeah to raves or rock shows or whatever right like yeah. um uh so i i think that's just a, a really interesting you guys are doing culturally but then also that you add the business to it that you know the music business is so hard for artists yeah and you know partly because it's just a messed up business <laughs> yeah but also partly because you don't become an artist because you want to do the music business. Right. You become an artist because you want to make music. And then it's all the other stuff that messes you up. And nowadays you have to be a, you have to have a degree in marketing and technology. And yeah. like being an artist is like mastering these marketing Finance platforms. Yeah. Like knowing how to manage your money. And the great thing now is that there's tools out there to, to help artists. And like that's one of the things that we really want to bring to them is like, did you know about this app? And, you know about these tools and here's like the biggest pitfalls that artists get into and um and i think that's like i something i've adopted lately is like an educated creative community can be an economic driver for a city and a culture mm -hmm. an uneducated creative community is a danger to themselves sure like you are you are ripe for uh, scam and fraud and you are ripe for people taking advantage of you and it, you know just not knowing your rights and you're and it's really like it's a bad path like you can be super creative and and if you don't know the other side of the business then you're you're gonna be taken advantage of mm -hmm. but if you're super creative and you and you have the right tools then you're going to bring like like that's the biggest driver in real estate and even in cities is like no one cares if you like, you know, have a great like, I don't know, B two B tech sector. Like, right. like it's about like, oh, how cool is your city? Like, right. are you, you know, what are you creating that's fun and exciting? Yeah. Like, that's it, man. Like, so, so how much does the city of Atlanta get that, or or how they do, that? man? I think, I mean, that, so we've we've partnered with the city closely. I think, and it's funny, man, because Atlanta has an interesting relationship with hip hop. Um, that you might expect. It's like. How much do we want to embrace this culture right like sure. it's tough because i think on its face um i think a lot of people don't know how to separate some things in hip-hop like the culture and then the violence or mm -hmm. or or drug culture or mm -hmm. these other things that are have elements in the hip-hop community but really aren't don't define the hip-hop community and aren't sure. have nothing to do with i mean those are those are those are part of culture more broadly yeah society more broadly and youth culture specifically sure 
no matter what the genre. Sure, but I think are probably overrepresented in hip hop. Um, so it's it's tough for it's tough for the city, and I and I get it. But I also I think they're they know what they've got. Mm -hmm. Like hip hop is the biggest export out of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It is the reason we are one of the most culturally relevant cities in the world. Is music? Is hip hop? Like they. I think it's just tough. And again, I, I separate the city sometimes because city is a bunch of, the city is representatives. Mm -hmm. But what happens outside of the Capitol office, that's what the city is. It's, right. you know, so like it's all the studios and creatives and new labels and, you know, all these wonderful people that are coming up and like making the city what it is. That's, that's what I, I'm more focused on. It's not necessarily like my city council members. It's more like sure. <laughs> these amazing artists and like yeah. labels that are starting up and just like, just dope people that we're trying to support and make sure yeah. they have like the resources they have um, and work with them. I, yeah, that's that's I mean, it's important for us. Like we're we're we try to work with as many people as we can, from like the high museum to the ballet to mm -hmm. the, you know, to like, you know, just an up and coming hip hop artist or a studio. Mm -hmm. Like we really try to make sure that we're we're playing a, an important role in Atlanta, which is connecting the arts community. And connecting the tech sector to the hip hop community, like that is a role that we want to play and be in the forefront of. Yeah, that's cool. How do you, um, you know, obviously, Atlanta's a, a pretty big market, but you know, there's a big world out there sure. beyond that, and there's global interest in this culture. Yeah. And, and uh, so, how do you use? How do you address that? How are you using, you know, social networks yep. and content to? to you know are you conscious about the impact that you're making outside of atlanta for sure i think it goes back to our programming so of the 100 events that happen during a3c we produce like five of them oh wow so we are proactively reaching out to influencers promoters brands labels that that have different from different ge you know geographic regions mm -hmm different vibes and, and, and all these things, age groups, everything. So we're trying to put together a patchwork of, of things that happen at A3C and bring that into Atlanta so that it attracts everyone else that can see other things. So example is like last year we had two Canadian showcases, a UK showcase, oh, a cool. South African showcase. Um, we, almost, we, we were trying to get a South Korean showcase. So um, we have international showcases, but then we bring in curators from the West Coast and um, all on the East Coast, Midwest, you know, Miami. Like we have, uh, and that was really like the second thing I did when I got here after because mm -hmm. I just got back from South by Southwest was like, we need to stop programming this and we need to start empowering other people and being, you know, helping them as much as they can in terms of programming a show. Um, like here's the venue, we're gonna help produce it. I'll provide a stage manager, all these things. Like yeah. that was the first thing I did, and ever since then, it's it's we get probably around a thousand showcase submissions a year. Was there a moment when you know you'd started in this business? Because presumably you're taking a risk, you know, going into a business that you, yeah. you know, and and you know, high risk, as you said, you could lose a lot of money. And yeah. <clears throat> was there a moment when you? knew that this was the right business for you yeah well i remember the moment i was like uh 2013 maybe going into well kind of going into 
2014. I'm so bad at time. Yeah, yeah, those. Right. Like, literally, I'm, I'm so bad at this. But I think it was like going in 2014, so after <clears throat> 2013. And we had just done our first outdoor event. We had just kind of had a, our first conference kind of at, a, at the Malia Hotel. So there were a lot of firsts. Um, and uh, and I, I was still doing it part-time. I was managing Jaron Benton, who was just an XXL artist. Um, on the freshman cover and was going on like world tours, just signed a funk volume. We were kind of getting placements, like, you know, things were just like across the board. We're like, um, and I was still consulting for some other people. And, and I just like, I was like, man, I'm burnt out. And also I started like mismanaging, right? Like having trouble to like manage my time and Sure. So I really kind of like took a step back in like December 2013. It was just like, what am I gonna do different next year? Like, one, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Like I can't successfully manage an artist, this festival, um, SMK mm-hmm. and everything else I wanna do. So like what am I what, what's my next move? And I'd always been like that hustler mentality of like you know, like juggling things. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, let's definitely do this. And so I think learning how to say no, but also, like, I I definitely, for the first of my life, I just threw myself in. And I was like, I think A3C has a tremendous possibility, but not if no one works here. So, like, there's got to be someone that works here. Yeah. And I'll be the first person. Let's, you know, I had to convince the partners. Um at that time, I think I was probably a, a very minority, like had earned a couple equity points. But like, I was like, guys, let's let's really do this. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to like go all in and get office space and build out like a team and and do this. And they kind of like just like we're all in. Let's go. Um, and and I think it was just that moment of just like what like that. I think I had the biggest opportunity and cultural impact and business opportunity. So. So in hindsight, you know, put yourself in your partner's shoes. Yeah. Why were you the right one for that job? Um, I, they, I mean, at that point, I had probably been, I'd, I'd been in the captain's chair for a couple of years. So they had seen me take it from um, a few thousand people and a few hundred performers to 10,000 people mm-hmm. and, you know, 500 performers. And, and, and at that point, there was... A lot of excitement around the business. Um, like we were, we had a couple years when I first started, years of just doubling in size. So we were doubling year over year. You know, like the, yeah. I had proven myself. Sure. Um, and, uh, and, and and just, I worked hard. Like, you know, like the guys knew me and like, we still to this day have a great working relationship. Like just a lot of mutual respect. Um, and, uh, and have you know five or six new people on the team now, but mm-hmm. um, continue to have a good working relationship and then pretty much agree on what we want to do. So how does um, you know doubling every year is tough in a lot of ways? Yeah. You know you're adding people, you're coping with success. Yeah. Right. Profit doesn't necessarily double at the same rate. <laughs> sure. Like all that stuff, right? Like <laughs> you know I get that, but it's also it's also hella fun, yeah. right? When things are just growing fast and you're, yep. you're, you know, trying to keep up with it. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like jets, you know, water oh, skiing, yeah. right? Oh yeah, trying to hang on to <laughs> yeah. it. Like it's so, you know, it's fun, 
um, and difficult at the same time. But then, you know, it's also not sustainable. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't want to speak for your business, yeah. but I assume it's not going to double every yeah. year forever. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and I'm, you're going to yeah. become Google. Yeah. But like, <laughs> so then how do you handle when that growth slows down? Which isn't necessarily, I think, a bad thing, right. but it can feel like it yeah. when you're in it. Um, I think it's just being uh, really confident with uh, where you want to go. Yeah. I think t- so. I, I think our biggest problem. So when we were growing so fast, and there were so many opportunities coming our way, we tried to do too much. Like, to, and, like we definitely tried to do too much. What, like we, what's an example? So we try to launch all these like experiences under A3C, like A3C style, mm. A3C film, yeah. A3C. Um, those are the two big ones. Okay. But had like, we had separated even education and music and film and style. And we wanted to be like the hip hop version of Sundance and the hip hop okay. version of Magic. And sure. we, so we were just like really feeling ourselves. <laughs> but then really like those, there already are though like you know like <laughs> right and 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 but also know your audience like we were trying to we were trying to grow these these new sectors so quickly mm-hmm. but hadn't but and we're still taking care of our core people we're always like this is listen our base is artists let's let's focus on that while we build this other stuff but we were kind of losing probably experience on on what our core audience was and i think at the end of the day we have circled back to being like let's just continue to build experiences for the music ecosystem Mm -hmm. um and through that can touch creatives and and video directors and all these people but like let's let's have the kind of defining factor be the music creator and then all the people that they touch Mm -hmm. so music tech and music you know if if there's like clothes it should be an artist clothes. you know like it should have representation of like or or how brands and artists connect and and that mutual relationship and like talk about it through the lens of mm-hmm. the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should kind of be our core defining factor because like we realized pretty quick that we were not like, we were not the, a defining voice in style. We were not a defining voice in like right. film. Sure. So people weren't really checking for us at that. And, and yeah. I think we were kind of like, didn't have the bandwidth energy to do it. So I had really like almost kind of doubled back on what, what, what our initial kind of, model was you know that's interesting i know you work with uh, with a lot of brands and you know i always hear brands talk about the concept of ownership like we want to own this space Mm -hmm. and you know usually they don't they have a fuzzy definition (laughs) of what that means but i think you just really illustrated it right is that like you can play in all these different areas but what's the thing that your audience really comes to you for and and thinks about you uh, and that's sometimes hard to cope with because you know you you want it. Yeah, you want to do everything. I know. You know, and, it, and especially it's, when when one thing's working. But I think it kind of goes yeah. back to what you said at the beginning with the hot sauce. Like, yeah, stay in your lane. Yeah, that's interesting. I never even thought about that, but yeah, it definitely does. I think um, those were some like I think just like like fail like you know that those were like minor. I think not huge economic investments, but time, resource, energy. Sure. Um, that was not the right direction for the business. Yeah. Um, I think when you are growing that fast, you just kind of, again, it's like trying to like grasp everything you can when, yeah. when you're, when you're growing. Of course. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I still like. I, I think I, every year, like, there's this new excitement in the business of like new opportunities. Like, we really do. I mean, we we are a young company, and we and we feel like we've really only just begun to kind of build what we what we could and should be doing, mm-hmm. um, because the you know music business just changed so fast. Like with yeah. technology and everything, like it really does feel completely fresh. When I was started doing this, like. <clears throat> Like MySpace was our number one marketing right. platform, right? Like yeah. it is new every year. Yeah. Like streaming wasn't big two, three years ago. Like now it's like, I think for the first time ever, top like digital digital downloads in terms of revenue and you know new exciting stuff like VR. Like how can A three C kind of continue to be like speaking and be leaders in these in these spaces? I mm-hmm. think is, is is what interests me now. Mm-hmm. Um, so where what what's the next big goal? Where do you say it comes? Yeah. Um, so I think we, we've, the conference is something that we want to continue to grow out in tracks and experiences. Um, and there's two, two things there that we're doing this year, and we're expanding out of our, our, our one facility and growing into two other facilities. One is um, kind of a pet, not a pet project, but something we've been doing for the last few years, which is called A3C Action. Mm. And for the longest time, after like eight or nine years of doing A3C, we were kind of like, what do we do for the community? Like, what do we actually do? Like, sure, this event is for the community for sure, but how are we being proactive in terms of making a difference? So we launched A3C Action, which was basically like a request for proposals from for ideas and nonprofits mm-hmm. that were using hip-hop specifically or music or culture or art for civic engagement or social justice. And it was cool. Like we launched it two years ago, not really knowing what was going to happen. Um, year two, we gave away ten thousand bucks. We fly five people in. We put them through two, three days of business pitch training, and then they pitch kind of Shark Tank style in front of cool. some judges. Yeah. Um, this year, we're launching a, an actual seminar, so uh, or a summit, if you will. So like consumer facing programming over two days at the Auburn Research Library, which is right next door to our conference center. And they're going to host workshops and panels and um, nice. keynote conversations and meetups and all these things that have to do with, like, I guess bringing the creatives, the activists, the academics, um, and nonprofits all under one roof. Mm-hmm. And just saying, hey, listen, we are all passionate about this culture and, and making our communities better. Like, let's, let's, let's get this together. Like, you guys should all know each other. Um, so that's one big initiative that we're launching this year. Uh, another is we really want to... We want to build and develop a creator complex. Mm. So if the foundation of, of almost every conference is networking and learning, one thing we think is missing, I think is missing, is creation. Like, um, and we That's say cool. come to Atlanta to create. Right. But how are we being proactive in that space? Like, yeah. So we, we're, we're partnering with GSU to take over a new complex they're finishing in April. Um, and we want to take over three floors of this new complex. And they have recording studios. It's actually the Creative Media Industries Institute. Nice. So they have VR facilities, recording facilities, screening rooms. And our goal is to program two days of just like maker spaces. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like a creative can come in there, like, like get their website built or started, like get headshots. Yeah work on their EPAK, record a song, master or mix a song, 
get direct feedback, but like really tangible, like producers can meet artists and artists can hear producers' music and they can link right then and there. Um, you know, we'll get new software and technology in the spaces where people can like play with it, like what new hardware is coming out that people can play with it and make new music. Because um, we feel like the, the, if the proposition to a new artist is like, come to A3C to network and learn, mm -hmm. it's tough. Like a lot of up-and-coming artists, like, when I, when, I, when I talk to folks and, and, and my friends, it's like, what's most important to you like to develop your career? A lot of times it's like, I need a beat from someone or I want to collaborate with someone. Like yeah. that's, and even when I was managing sure. an artist, I was like, the best thing for your career is going to be getting a dope beat from a, from a producer mm -hmm. or a really good collaboration. Mm -hmm. And that's going to do more for your career than I think anything else at that point. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, let's go back into the vault and check out my interview with AMG, the uh, rapper behind Bitch Better Have My Money, big underground hit of uh, the early 90s. He's got some great stories to tell from his career, lessons to be learned, all that stuff. Go back on iTunes or on SoundCloud, Rebel Radio, and check it out. Um, so even like inviting some of the best folks in the country to come in and like lend their time and energy and be, you know, in music and, and asking so, some folks to give away, you know, verses or just like lend their time. And like, that's going to be, I mean, if we can like, again, like this is like, we're in conceptual phase right now. Mm -hmm. So if we can build this and again, it's going to be year one. So it's going to kind of be a beta, a beta test of it. Um, so we'll probably not do everything we want to do. Yeah. But what does that kind of entry level stuff look like? Because what we want to basically say is, like, if we can get numbers that come out of that, and we're like, hey, like, 10 albums were mixed and yeah. 100, yeah, new 100 new collaborations and 20 new music videos were shot. And, you know, like, all these kind of crazy things that can kind of just come out of a complex would be, um, I think, really exciting and on to something new. So how do you, um, you know, if a lot of people, I think, like to say that South by Southwest sort of, like, jumped the shark. I think their numbers are bigger every year. I don't. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. Depending don't, on what metrics, I don't right? follow their numbers. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like on the surface, I think they're doing fine. But it's kind of popular to be like, oh, those yeah. guys, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> you know, Coachella, you know, I've been hearing people tell me for 10 years that Coachella is like, this is the worst lineup ever. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And uh, um, so I don't know if, you know, I always, like, I think you, you kind of can't take that stuff too seriously. And some of it is just jaded people. Like I, re I realize like of the course. older we get, the more jaded our friends are. <laughs> For sure. No, I mean, there's that like everybody wants to celebrate the old days because you yeah. forget how shitty it was. You know? For sure. But like, uh, but is that something you guys are conscious of? Like yeah. how do you keep, yeah. you know, how, yeah. keeping things fresh? 100%. And, you know, it, I, I, I guess, let me ask it this way. is How will you know when it's time to move on? That's tough, man. I think um, keeping it fresh for us is is the open platform. Mm. The fact that five people are not in a room programming this and hoping people like it, the fact that our job really is to get the young and up-and-coming people excited about coming here and helping them come here. Yeah. So we think, like, one thing that's going to keep us kind of relevant and in charge or relevant and at least a platform for a hip-hop community is doing just that, being a platform for the community. Not necessarily like, we think hip-hop's going this way or we support this type of music. 
um, or this is like what you're going to hear this year, but like mm-hmm. really actually being like, this is like where we, you know, here's music from LA and here's music from San Francisco and here's a new movement coming out of the UK and, yeah. you know, here's a new kind of like rap battles are kind of, you know, like these t- incorporating these different elements of hip hop. Yeah. Um, we've had that patchwork mentality from day one. Yeah. And that's, that definitely comes from like, I've always been mad inclusive and I, I, I'm definitely not like, you know, a red velvet rope type guy. Like I right. like grimy stuff. And I like, I've kind of always felt like this, you know, inclusion is a one. And that's such, that's also so hip hop to me. Like, yeah. Like when you can get dope people to collaborate, that's, you know, sure. It just, how do you, you know, I, I'm fascinated with movements and how they get started. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so interesting. You know, if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, that, that first Outkast album came out, I think it was 93, 94. 94 yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, that was a big record for us. Yeah. But most people never heard of Most of the people that know Outkast today didn't hear of Outkast for 10 years. Yeah. And that Dirty South movement didn't manifest yeah. for probably close to 10 years. For right? sure. Or, or not in... Uh, and you slowly, know, yeah, and, and but, kind of fuse. But is that is that part of the, like the overnight success takes time? I mean, you know, like. Well, that's what I wonder. That's what I'm curious about. Is now that we have the internet and social media, and all that, and culture seems seems to be moving so much faster. And so I'm wondering, like, when you see these things happen, or you curate something that's brand new, like, does that feel different? the way that it spreads then afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in terms of culture, like how rapidly things move and change. Like, I think if you were looking at wavelengths, like way, there would be sounds that would take over and kind of mm-hmm. like come in and out of style. Mm-hmm. It could last five, 10 years, you know, um, at least elements of them. Nowadays, you can see stuff become hot and hot in three months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, it's wild, like how how quickly stuff changes. Um, how the democratization democratization of power. Yeah. How like decision makers and how there are so many more of them. Yeah. I think and influencers and and folks that really do ha- like impact and and move. There are still definitely folks that like turn faucets and you know and make things you know make things move and are sure. are more seismic shifts but there are a lot of people that um and for, i think for the most part those people are the ones that are like starting the cracks and then someone comes in and says oh that's 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 dope let me pour the you know fuel on that fire or whatever mm-hmm. the analogy you want uh-huh. um but it is interesting and i think it's it's tough for anyone that's, that works in the culture and i say it's tough to book a festival six months out I mean, in hip hop. Sure. And I think you spoke to this earlier. It's hard for hip hop to have um, big, these big events. Um, like, you know, you saw Rock the Bells kind of end yeah. uh, a few years ago. And I think part of it is like, there's a real, I mean, there's some serious divides in hip hop. There's old school versus new school, there's coasts. Um, it's not, you know, I, where I don't think that's in music as much. Obviously, there's like age is, is one thing, but. Sure. I think in hip hop there's much more like I this is the type of music I fuck with. I don't fuck with that type of music. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about this the other day that, like, you know, when I was coming up as a hip-hop fan, like, we basically listened to everything that came out. I yeah. mean, you know, maybe not, there's, like, not in New York, they didn't like anything from the West Coast. And, like, yeah. you know, the, you know, I'm from the Bay, so, like, a lot of, you know, we had a whole thing that, no one else had. <laughs> so the, there were certain regional divides, but I, what I would call mainstream hip hop is, which which was like you know, the, you know the the major kind of hip hop labels. Yeah. That you know whether it was Def Jam or Jive or yeah. Cold Chillin or Wild Pitch or those right like, if you're a hip hop fan, you probably like a a, a lot of hip hop fans listen to every record that came out. Yeah. And you kind of liked it, and some of them you loved to death, and but but there wasn't like, there wasn't that I much did, of yeah. like this is garbage. Yeah. This is I'm not fucking with that at all. Yeah, right. And now like you know part of it is there's just so much more music, but so I think part more. of it is also that there's these factions, these beefs, these like all of these different allegiances, whether it's yeah. geographic or crews or yeah. whatever. I think the music's also, and again, like, I hate making broad statements because I'm oftentimes, like, if you want to spend time thinking about it, it's like, you can always, like, talk myself out of it. No, no, we're just going to say this is right. Yeah, okay. So I think, uh, essentially, because I also, to your point, so much more music. Yeah. Like, hip-hop has matured so much that the sounds are all over the place. Right. Like, yeah. the, even, like, brushing something with the hip-hop brush is tough. Like, yeah, they may not. Things yeah. like Bryson Tiller and... This what happen when I think about you. I get in my feelings, yeah. I start reminiscing, yeah. Next time around, fuck, I wanted to be different, yeah. Anderson Park and um, even like Janelle Monet's and like these amazingly like eclectic musicians, yeah. uh, Janae Iko, like, like where do you like where's the hip hop starting in? And and I guess 10, 20 years ago, it was pretty damn easy. Like yeah, we know like that's hip hop. It was. I I you know. Uh, although back then it was a thing of like, so I was on the Grammy nominating committee for, yeah. for the rap category yeah. for like best rap. Yeah. I forget. It was kind of at the beginning of that category. Yeah. And, uh, and our job, we would, we would meet in the, you know, meet over a long lunch and they would play records that labels had proposed. Yeah for uh for that category and and we had to decide first of all is this a rap record <laughs> yeah. and so we'd have these debates about oh there's a chick singing on it so no or yes or like yeah. you know i forget what the record was that year but it was like snap you know the power or something it was like do we want this in the rap category or do we make try yeah. to make someone else take it whatever and so there's always been some of that that's a good point um but I think it was a lot narrower. I mean, obviously there weren't that many records then. It was, yeah. like, it was a whole different yeah. type of challenge. But um, yeah, I can't imagine doing that today. And now, like, you know, yeah. I used to record. I used to organize my records by genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I realized pretty like you can't do that anymore. I, I did the exact same thing. I went from like a uh, you know blues to soul to right. r&b to hip-hop and then like rock yeah. I, I did the exact same thing you just did yeah, yeah. i had like shelves when i yeah. started with like for sure just blues can't, music can't, that doesn't work anymore no it'd be tough not in any meaningful way i think i mean they you know 
not even like the distribution has changed. Like, like they just talked about announced what last week that like SoundCloud in 2018 is going to be nominated for Grammys. Right. And I think, yeah. To your point earlier, and I think it just goes back to this: like, there's just so much more music. Yeah. Like, if you show a graph, that's really like the biggest def- like difference between any period in the past and an in internet sure. era. Yeah. Is the quantity. Yeah. Like. The quantity is so much higher, like magnitudes of hundreds higher. I mean, I remember like in the, I remember in the '90s seeing something I think in Billboard that said like, twenty-eight thousand albums released this year. And I thought like that is a staggering number. Like, how is that even possible? Yes, that was in the '90s. It has to be like half a million now or more or Dude, million. And where are you even calling an album, right? Because well, like, there's right, there's that. Like joke, sure. like, and that's the funny part because. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I mean, it's got to be millions of it would be releases, that it whatever. would be that yeah. in a day. Yeah, for sure. Because of just like around the country, hip hop mixtapes that drop every day. Yeah, like it's yeah. insane. Yeah, for sure. Or EPs or mixtapes or out. You know, like right. just if you just kind of continue to go down the the hole of like yeah. my homie's cousin, who you know right, put it right, up on like a website I've never heard of. For like, sure. Yeah, the, the Vine tracks and yes. the, all that. So, uh, uh. Shift gears for a second, because cool. I know that you guys, in addition to the the conference and the festival, you do a lot of work with brands, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of your business. Um, wh- what brands are doing it right as it relates to you guys and, and yeah. hip-hop more generally? Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, not a sponsor of us this year, but I, I've always uh, looked at Red Bull as someone who is – um, always done culture, whatever culture they're in, yeah. really, really genuinely well. Yeah. Um, they have great brand leaders, but they also like. I just don't. I don't ever see them stumble that much in hip hop. Like, they they empower the right people. They produce content at a high level. Yeah. Um, and they're. I guess part of it's just like, <laughs> you know, their their ROI is not as important. It's really they are a cultural brand. Their um, former CEO told me once that uh, you can't do good marketing when your first concern is ROI. I think that hits the nail on the head, right? Like end of conversation. Yeah. And it's a it's about building relationships with people, and they and they luckily started with like a deeper pocket than everyone. Yep. Um, sure. I think uh, you know I think even Adidas does it. You know, like I think there's examples of. Adidas, Converse, and Puma's doing things really well. They're super brand conscious. Um, they have great influencers and they have great brands in the culture. So they're always able to do some pretty cool stuff. So what is it that like when 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 a brand comes to you yeah. or like and they kind of have it wrong, like what is it that they need to learn from you? I think sometimes we just we kind of give them like, here's why this is gonna fail. More than anything, like they, yeah. oftentimes it's like, here's an idea we want to do. Um, and I think they, I think for the most part, they, it's, it's not, it's just, a, it's just like one or two misconceptions of like, hey, we want to do a freestyle competition where people are rapping over other people's beats or something. Or like, mm-hmm. and then we'll be like, well, up and coming artists don't want that, right? right. They want to sure. produce, they want to promote their song yeah. and they're trying to build their, you know, like, so it's, 
on certain levels, there's just like a, a one or two education levels that sure. we'll have to take some of us. Like, well. And so it's kind of not getting, not yeah, being in sync with the culture. 100%. Yeah. And, and trying to fit a, you know, well, but this idea is fully formed and we're ready to go with it. Right. And it's like, that's great, but yeah. it's, it's going to fail. Yeah. Like, you're not going to have the impact you want. And sometimes they'll be like, well, is it our second year doing it? And it's like, well, show me the, you know, what the first year looked like. You know, right. so we've had a couple conversations like that where we try to steer them in the right direction. Um, other ones is just like trying to reach certain, like when they're super age specific, it's tough. Like when someone, um, when a brand is trying to reach teens, it's really hard in hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, like to do it authentically. Uh I think a brand that's been doing a lot, and if you've been on the internet or anywhere else recently, Fresh Empire has been doing a ton in hip hop. Yeah. Um, and I think they're kind of handcuffed creatively on what they can do because everyone, all the artists, and the same for liquor brands and any brands that's age or specific, it's tough because hip hop is not an age; it's an age fluid sure, thing. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you if you tell an artist that they can't cuss, they can't rap about X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And, and their audience needs to be 16 to 13. It's like, uh, okay, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we've we and we've we've run into a kind of some some roadblocks there as well. Sure. When we were, we're really pretty adamant about not censoring artists mm-hmm. and, and kind of even mm-hmm. even on even on cuss words, we're like, well, here's what we can and cannot do. Like, I I can't if an artist performing their song or or even like just freestyling something like. I'm pretty adamant about like, here's what I can tell them, but I, what happens happens. Yeah. Um, what um, what's what are the biggest sacrifices that you've made that you ne- didn't necessarily expect when you were getting into this business? Yeah, going back to that, like, I mean, like personally, or even like business wise, personally. Um, yeah, time. I mean. Like I like this is like a labor of love, man. Mm-hmm. I've I've thrown myself in this fully. Um, when I gave up everything else I was doing, managing artists and all that stuff, um, that was a big commitment for me. Have there been times when you you sort of question the mission? Yeah, I get burnt out, man. I mean, I think when you're anyone that works on a seasonal business, um, there is a a now a like a pretty like my body in November sure. and mentally. I'm burnt out because I, I just ran a sprint, you know, from July through October. And, and I, you know, and then we really do leave it all on the floor, <laughs> you know, on Sunday. Our team's kind of running on adrenaline, and we usually do something big for the team on Monday. And then we're, like, following up with partners. And then we're kind of like, oh, my God. Like, so we, we it's funny because I've, every year I'm like, I'm, we come out feeling really good. But then there's this natural, like, I'm completely burnt out. So every year, November, December, I, is a reset button for me. It recharge the batteries. That's kind of cool in a way, though. It is, I man. I, I love that in the sense. Of, but it's also, like, clear the whiteboard, mm-hmm. throw up ideas. What do we like? What What do we see? What's mm-hmm. fun happening out there? Like, what's some crazy stuff we could do this year? Um uh, and then let's see if our partners or people can help us produce it. Like, it, that's the so, fun time of year, too. Like, yeah, for sure. Even this month and really through March, we kind of use South by Southwest as, like, um, 
when we kind of launch a lot of stuff, I think I think the industry and a lot of folks are yeah. really focused. You know, it's you know, it's my baby, and I'm thinking about it all year long. But I have to understand, like this is you know, not everyone else is thinking about this year long. Like get you know, work on everyone else's cycle. So um, between now and, and really you know mid March, late March, we're in ideation stages. We're we're kind of building concepts. We're yeah. we're very fluid, and then we kind of start executing. Um, we're still kind of keep ourselves you know scalable we can kind of continue to build new stuff um but march is you know end of march april is when we kind of just like okay now it's here's the plan let's execute okay i have a little speed round that we like yeah. to do before we let's go before we wrap it up so if we can go back to um you uh when you're 18 yeah and give yourself one piece of advice oh man one piece uh I was gonna think of something funny, but then I was like, <laughs> I was like, don't date Sarah. That girl's horrible. <laughs> Sarah listens to the show. What's up, Sarah? <laughs> Shout out to Sarah. Why you Terrible my, human. Why you do my man wrong like that? Waste of time. I hate you, Sarah. <laughs> um, I would say, uh, take more and like write more. Mm. Yeah, like I, I, I think you can get a lot done when you write and take solid notes. Nice. Um, That's a good one. I always hate looking back and being like, I remember thinking, like I had a thought, and then I was like, what the hell was it? So, I've been a much better note taker in the last couple of years. Man, I take notes religiously. Yeah. And half time I look back, I'm like, I don't what know what that refers to. Man. It's just like a, yeah. It's just a phrase. <laughs> and I'm like, so I, take better notes. Yeah, that was, yeah, that would I be it. Because for sure. Because like yeah, like put full thoughts down and. Yeah. Um, it's fun to even look back sometimes and be like, oh, that was a funny-ass idea. Or like, that was a great idea. Like, I wonder yeah. if I'll ever have time for that. Is there, a, um, is there a talent that you always wish you had more of? Man, I wish I was in the NBA, but, uh, you know. What would you play? Point guard, man. Okay. So I, I love basketball, man. Yeah. Uh, and and I have bad knees. I, pl- I was a gym rat in college. Oh, wow. um, I was playing three or four times a week and uh, and just, like, blew out my like I had a torn meniscus and continue to have like knee problems but yeah. I love that sport man so I know you said you couldn't see yourself on a different path besides entrepreneurship but if you were going to choose a career outside of music yeah um honestly I, I also love to travel mm-hmm. so I think if I could do something that was uh either like and this is going to sound like kind of corny but like even a travel blogger or travel writer, right? Like, I know, like, I was going to say, like... That'd be uh, a dope job if it paid anything. It doesn't pay anything, but right. I, I also, like... That'd be great. Yeah, like, or 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 started, like, a travel business, like, yeah. experiences in other cl- in other places. What's your favorite place you've ever been to? I just got back from Colombia, but, um, man, I, I'm very fortunate. I've traveled a lot, yeah. and I... Like, there isn't a, like, you know, like, when I was 14, I went to Alaska with my dad. One of the most magical trips I've ever had. I've been to India, and I, like, which is, I think, the most different place I've ever, like, India sure. was like, oh, my God, yeah. like, this is great. Like, this is so different. Um, Vietnam and France and, and Italy and Spain. And, nice. Um, and, uh, but I just got back from Colombia, and, and, and I, I think South American culture is amazingly bright and I almost feel like I should be like, 
you know, from the food and the music and the, the salsa dancing. I also love the dance. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff I really dig with uh, with South American culture. So nice. Yeah. Well, mine. Uh, I love. Um, I love to travel too. Um, and I'm telling everybody who yeah, please who hasn't already go to Cuba. Cuba, yeah. Before I know, like tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's yeah, you there's know, a time. The wheels turn slowly. So when did you go? I went in. Oh, when did I go? 2010. All right. And uh, yeah, so it's it's. But you, you know, you need to go see because, like you said, it's like the most different place. Yeah. Like it's. So I had so that was kind of my experience in Colombia, which is like. Yeah. It's a n really new tourist market. Yeah. Like everywhere right. I went, there were not tourists. Like. Sure locals were like you know on the beaches and locals were at the restaurants and i was yeah. like this is dope like I'm, I'm like i'm not like you know like going through like a, a, an amusement park right of a country yeah. i'm like literally like yeah seeing and eating at places where where the locals are. and they're so excited it turns to see out me, that man. when really bad shit happens Dude. it makes it a great place to travel to <laughs> it is the one so it, like it my, is the silver lining like my mom went to eastern europe like a couple years ago yeah you know poland and yeah all these and she's just like everything's brand new and it's amazing and it's like <laughs> Yeah, so they were kind of like, "Oh wow, you're here!" Pro war, like the locals were like, "Oh wow, yeah. like, what are you doing here?" Like, right. Um, so if I worked uh, at A three C, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Uh, we're a HubSpot company. Okay. <laughs> Do you know HubSpot? Yeah, is? yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if it doesn't happen at HubSpot, it doesn't happen. Nice. So, I think when you manage a virtual company or and and you start growing in scale, like. Having processes in place yeah. is like a like a one important. So like, if someone tells me, "Yo, I just had a conversation with X, Y, and Z," or I'm talking to a new brand, and that doesn't live in our CRM, right. it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good. So good. Th those good things I, th I think are yeah um, really important. And I think before, because I just remember the days before that when we were a spreadsheet company, sure. and just like, guys, we have these tools for a reason. If we don't use them, they're not they're not worthwhile. Yeah. And, That's uh, good. Yeah. Um, who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of of A three C? Man, good question. Uh, because I this is an experience I continue to have over and over again. That is like the most flattering thing yeah. ever. Like getting texts from people that come and perform. Um, What's been the biggest one then? That like the the one that's been. I, the I most think one of the most genuine and just like heartfelt like hugs was just like de la soul mm. just like a group i like had on repeat and sure we had de la soul day so we really kind of went out for them and it was cool. after they did the the big raise yeah, on yeah. kickstarter and we actually played a role in that and then nice but like you know two chains has been unbelievably supportive and yeah. and you know diddy and and a bunch of people so i honestly think um just again like selfishly like if andre 3000 mm -hmm. like mm -hmm came out and showed love and was also like i love what y'all do for the city that would mean that would mean a lot nice yeah what do you collect anything uh no i used to as a kid and then i realized i'm not a kid anymore so i'm like i i <laughs> what did you collect you know like baseball cards okay. like you know a lot of things but i honestly yeah. like i've lost like collections before and I honestly, like, as I grow up, like, I really want to become less materialistic. And I think even working hip-hop, like, I have a fine balance between, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to get addicted to sneakers. Right. I don't want to get addicted to fashion. For sure. Like, I really, I think, if you want to collect anything, collect friends, man. Like, yeah. have a great dinner with someone, like, sure. and that is some cheesy shit, but. 
I, I really, it. I really try not to get it like too materialistic because I don't. I'm, I'm very against like, even if it's knickknacks, man. Like, where am I gonna put all this shit? You know, for me, I'm not really a collector, but I've like had shit and lost it. Yeah. And realized I don't care. Like once it's gone, like I'm like, yeah, but I shouldn't have got it in the first place. I've lost stuff that I love, and I literally the next day I'm like, yeah. I'll find something else I love. Fuck it. But the, you know, one thing I so, and then on the flip side of that is art. I love local, yeah. like. That's pop cool. artists, street artists, because I um, I feel like twofold. I'm supporting an artist who I love yeah. and who's making a handcrafted one of one piece um, that won't be recreated that I can display on my wall and like look at forever. And they are next door neighbors, and you know, like so. I love, I love, I love collecting local artists' works. And I, every time I'm go to a gallery or something, I'll try to pick something out and just and just pick it up. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's worth collecting. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know it's collecting because it's. I feel like I'm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm giving them something. I'm. Right. Yeah. But. What's the last great book you read? So. I don't read books. Okay. Uh, like. No. No judgment. No. Like I've. I got into podcasts. I uh, read magazines a lot. I read a lot of articles. I really. Podcast. I listen to. I listen to a lot. I listen to Freakonomics. I listen to TED Talks. Mm-hmm. I listen to How I Built This. I listen to so a lot of like businessy slash kind of they're inspiring to me. Yeah. Um, you know, serial c- and you know. Um, any any great uh, uh, cultural podcast, hip hop podcast. So I, li- I I listen to Combat Jack show. Yeah. Um. To, again, I, we we built with them. They they've sure. been the last five years. So I love the that's movie. the one I listen to the most. Yeah. Um. But, but no, man. I, I I think for the most part, like I, I also used to live on blogs, like for hip hop. I used to like spend way too much time. <laughs> and again, I realized like I need to focus on big picture stuff and like and then empower people that can do that. Sure. So, to the extent I've I've also tried to listen, but I dude, I try to like I mean, <laughs> try to stay worldly, man. I really like I read the Economist. I read like what's happening in the world. Like nice. I, I read a lot of like New York Times, you know, whatever, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, as much as I am a part of the hip hop culture and, and active in it, like I really try to make sure that I'm, I'm not head down and like. Sure, yeah, you guys know what's happening. Sometimes, yeah, sure. man. What, uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most? Movie have I seen the most? Yeah. So if White Man Can't Jumps on TV, I'm watching that. <laughs> but if Shawshank's on TV one more time, uh, I swear to God. But. White Man Can't Jump is a movie I could watch pro- just on loop for the rest is that of my right? life. I haven't seen that in like 10 years. Dude, I'm missing I, out. Or Dumb and Dumber. No, like, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for my son to be old enough we can watch that together. Dude, it's it's, it's coming. It's, I heard Blake Griffin's going to remake this. No shit. And on PTI. Wow. And PTI's like, let let it breathe a little bit longer. Like, it still feels really fresh. But like, a lot of people didn't see it. So, I mean, no. Then it go like see the it. the biggest movie. Then go see it. Yeah, I get you. I, dude, I had a VHS of it. When my VHS stopped working, I had a DVD of it. Yeah. Uh, and, like, just because, like, I li- I, I've been called Billy Ho before. Like, you know, I've I've definitely <laughs> been, like, the white, goofy kid. Uh-huh. And not as goofy, but uh, in, like, he all black course. I've played in Venice Beach. I've played in The Cage. I've, yeah. like, um, and, like, I just think that movie is just perfect. From front to back, man. Okay. It's hilarious. Nice. Uh, in your opinion, who's the best DJ of all time? Oh, man. Good question. Uh, 
DJ of all time. Now, so like party rocker, skill level. Just you, that somebody that you've seen. Yeah, man, that's a great question. So one of the best DJs I've seen, and I was, you know, right time, right place, but DJ Clever, man, from Atlanta. Okay. In terms of, like, scratching ability, mixing, party rocker, mm -hmm. variety of music, like, I've been to a bunch of parties he's he's been at, and, like, I feel like every time I've left, been like, this dude is on another level. Um, but then I know that, you know, like, we also had, like, uh, uh, Beat Junkies out to A3 this A3C this year, and like mm -hmm. I just like was like my jaw was on the ground. Um, but I also know that like that's also a community that was like <laughs> the deeper you dive, the more you're like, oh my god, For like sure. yeah. there's so much talent out yeah, there. Yeah, it keeps getting better and better. It's wild, man. Yeah. Um, so I actually like every time I leave a party with like a real ass DJ, I'm always like, I need to do that more often. <laughs> uh, it's go like, to the party, not, not yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. I need to go yeah. to like. Like Same just here. a really dope for sure DJ party sometimes yeah, yeah it's it's freshening nice yeah cool what about you I gotta I gotta ask you that oh uh, I mean it's always Jazzy Jeff yeah who I saw at Nam yeah yeah Jeff's always incredible Z Trap yeah um uh you know I mean I love the the beat chunkies to me like a uh, guy out here Adam Twelve yeah. I, I should have told you to go see on Saturday night, but I forgot. No, it's all but, good. Uh, Another incredible. time. He's, he was, I think he's still going to be Obama's DJ. Oh, wow. Obama doesn't any parties anymore. Yeah, he whatever. better, man. Um, Started Obama Entertainment. But, you know, he's one of the like, kind of local cool. cat that just always yeah. does it right. Nice. Um, so I've never, like, I would have said, I would have said Jeff, but I've just never been to, like, I've never been fortunate enough to be at a party. Oh, I, see, okay. I see him on, I see his sets online and stuff, and I'm like, okay, this dude's real, but I, I, I wouldn't feel right if I said his name yeah, without yeah. actually being at a party Fair he enough. rocked. Um, Fair yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I love DJs, period, that take their craft seriously. Yeah. Something we want to do more of at A3C for sure. Yeah. We got a concept that I won't break right now, but. Nice. Can't wait to hear. Yeah, man. Cool, I'll, cool. I'll tell you offline. Well, yeah, we'll be watching. Um, where does everybody find the festival online? A3Cfestival.com. Uh, you know, obviously on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us. Uh, and then we'll we'll be announcing our dates in February. So stay tuned for our dates. And then slowly after that, we'll announce ticket sales and artist submissions. And we start rolling out. So, like, people start hitting us up online for for our dates and stuff and everything and just kind of like keep checking back and Dope. we'll do an email blast and get stuff out there so cool. and then I, I also tell people like we our our online forms in terms of partnerships and info are on our on our website so if, if people do want to get involved we're always looking like we put up uh speaker submissions and artist submissions and partnership submissions nice um so we really are we try to involve as many people so if anyone's listening and they're like ah, man, how do i get involved it's like what do you do? And like, give us as much information as you can. Dope. And let's figure something out. All right. Get out there. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate all the right good on. stories. Thanks for having me, man. Dope. All right. Thanks for joining us. That was Mike Wahlberg. Check out the A3C Festival online or make your way to Atlanta to check it out in person. Hey, leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars, of course. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube at Rebel Radio Net. And uh, most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. My guests will be Big Pooh 
from uh, formerly of Little Brother. He's got some great stories for you on Rebel Radio. Peace.